we just heard in the gospel when he moved to Capernaum, Jesus himself chose his companions. And it's important to note that our Lord didn't just choose those who were willing to follow him. Our Lord chose whom he wanted. And Matthew's gospel describes this beautifully. Our Lord has a magnetism with him. They don't ask any questions. They don't offer resistance. Our Lord's presence manifests a power that overcomes their fear, that overcomes their uncertainty, and they're able to say, yes. Our Lord didn't ask, will you follow? Our Lord said, come after me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They didn't make themselves anything on their own. That's a picture right there of the, of the Sea of Galilee. I think Father Obergay, which sent that to me on WhatsApp about 10 days ago. I'm probably using it without permission, but that'll be our secret. The beautiful Sea of Galilee. Oh, Galilee. Once you go to Galilee, it's, you, fit, you conclude uh, quickly why our Lord hung out there. It's so beautiful. They are chosen. The first disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and John, the chosen. I've had many of you ask me how I'm doing. I'm going to start season three probably during, during Lent. Uh, I, I, I buy them all on Prime. Uh, so I'm going to review season one and two of The Chosen uh, before Lent, and I'm going to start season three. I can't wait. They're about to introduce Judas. I'm going to start season three uh, during Lent. Now notice that those whom our Lord calls are not called apostles. They're first called disciples. And the word disciple is from a Latin root, which means learner. They are learning. They will become apostles, which is from a Greek word meaning to be sent, to go forth. They will become apostles. They will be sent to do some work, to bring increase to the kingdom. But first, they are disciples. We follow that pattern in our lives here when we, when we come to Mass. We, we come to learn about our relationship with our Lord again, and then we are sent into the world to hopefully be salt to the world, to give it flavor. That's where the word Mass comes from, right? The sending. The word Mass comes from the Latin dismissal, ite missa est, Go, it is sent. Mite isa es. We, we, we get the word mass from that. Uh, kids always think, my students always think that was neat, that, that, that the purpose of mass is, is to leave mass. I said, yes. I said, but first you've got to come to mass. <laughs> That's the trick, right? So uh, as disciples, they are learners. And what they learn we also have to learn. 
they first had to learn how to love him. They had to learn how to fall in love with Jesus. They had to learn how to develop a relationship with this person, Jesus Christ. They had to develop a conviction because when times got tough, they had to fall back on that conviction of who our Lord is, and many of them had to be ready to die for him. But there are so many other things in discipleship they needed to learn because following our Lord is not what it looked like. It wasn't easy. I, I, I admire standing back here and I, I was in tow too as a child. All of you young families bringing all your children, mobilizing, coats on, coats off, traveling, parking, it's a lot easier for you to stay at home. I commend all of you for coming. They also had to learn that following our Lord, aside from not being easy, it wasn't very glamorous. They needed to experience the, the human nature of each other as the chosen. They needed, they needed to experience their own sin and they needed to deal with the fact that even though they were following our Lord, they still had the inclination to turn away from our Lord because of their sinful human nature. And they also had great uncertainty in being a disciple because they were being used. And despite saying yes, they didn't know how our Lord would use them. The fact of the matter in life is we don't know what's going to make us happy. We just think we do unless we live God's will. When I was still deciding what to do before I went to major seminary, before I moved to my last five years of studies, I was still trying to get out of it. And a priest said, why don't you just try to say yes every day and then get out of the way? and let God's will move in. Say yes and get out of the way. Get yourself out of the way. And here we are together. I'm going to leave you with this story. It's a good tree story. It's not like the giving tree, which is such a sad, lonely story. It's, it breaks my heart that book, The Giving Tree, because it's so true. But this is a little more inspiring. The Tale of the Three Trees by Angela Hunt. I can summarize it by memory. It's written for one to four-year-olds, so I should be able to do this. It's a story of three trees on the side of a hill having a conversation of what they want to become. The first tree said, I want to be a treasure chest. I want to be beautifully decorated on the outside. And I want to carry the wealth of the world inside. The second tree said, I want to be a mighty ship. I want to give transport to kings and cargo. My hull, 
will be strong and I'll protect them in the dangerous mighty seas. The third tree said, I want to be the tallest in the forest and the straightest and the strongest. I want people to approach me, to look up, as if I'm their way to heaven. Well, we all live the number of days God gives us to live, right? Trees too. When they were cut down, the first tree was sent to a carpenter shop and was made into a, a feeding trough and sent to a barn. The second tree was sent to a shipbuilding company, but he was made into a small boat, about 27 feet long, seven and a half feet wide. And the third tree was so impressive, they didn't know what to do with it right away, so they just cut him up and they stored him. And eventually an army took possession of him. Well. The trees were disappointed that their dreams didn't come true, but they continued to say yes, and they tried to get out of the way. So many years went by, they forgot what their dreams were. One day, a baby was born, and it needed, to, it needed a manger. The baby needed a manger so that the shepherds could come and affirm that this baby was the savior of the world. And the, the tree felt bad that it wanted to be a treasure chest because now it was holding the greatest treasure of all, Jesus. The second tree, the boat, was bought by poor fishermen by the Sea of Galilee. It was so well built that it caught our Lord's eye and he called his first men from it. And they also took then their leader, Jesus, on this boat one night. The boat was so comfortable that he fell asleep. And when a storm came up, the boat witnessed the, the calming of the sea. And finally, the third tree was used by the army not for battles or building bridges, but to punish dissidents. One day, part of it was carried through the street by this criminal, according to the world. He was mocked. They spit at him. And when they got to a place, they nailed him to it. It was our Lord on the cross. And that tree was sorry that it wanted to be on its own, the people's way to heaven, instead of the people's way to heaven by our Lord nailed to it. The point of the story is this. We all have times in our life when things don't, they don't seem to be going our way. But we need to just continue to say yes and get out of the way. Each of those trees got what they wanted. But they got it in a way they didn't imagine. 
They got it in a way they didn't imagine so that they would be truly happy. That is the first thing we need to learn when we follow our Lord. It's one of the toughest lessons. Not only are God's ways not our ways, but God's ways are best. And we need to say, yes, your way, Lord, not my way, shall be done. Amen.